Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the forgotten entertainment family Ooh, that's a bingo attention culture consumers join me the queen of queries sarah o'connor and my band of nerdy knights colleen mcmillan flo siegel and anders drew on bohemian geek studies where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms especially that star wars galaxy far far away Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Uh, that's a raccoon, yo. What, what are you doing? Feeding the raccoon. It's a trash panda. <laughs> <laughs> when the three burglars thing happens. Oh, so- and they're all saying the same line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, notice, Jeb, that when they put their hats on, I'm not going to be able to see facial expressions. So that's on you, man. That's on you. Okay. <laughs> Camera rolling. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Can I get an interview about uh, Betsy's wedding? No. Anything but that. Anything get lost. That? Anything but that. Get my hat. Hi, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of 150 episodes for your listening pleasure. That is the opening. Oh, right. <laughs> so what's going on? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Just uh, you want to rob a NASCAR? <laughs> <laughs> nice accent. What are we doing today? We are doing. Sorry. Still, had the accent. still in the accent. <laughs> uh, we are doing the 2017. I can't believe it's already been four years. Uh, Logan Lucky. Well, it feels like 10 with the pandemic. That's true. Uh, actually, it feels like yes, yesterday we watched this movie because I remember we watched this one at night. Did we watch this in cinema? We watched it on the low side. Yeah. Uh, like I do six, remember I that. Yeah. It's, it's, it feels like just yesterday we watched this Agreed. one. Agreed. Yep. Uh, and here we are talking about it four <laughs> years later. Uh, because it was forgotten. We're doing Logan Lucky starring uh, Channing Tatum. <laughs> A West Virginia family man, Jimmy Logan, teams up with his one-armed brother Clyde and sister Melly to steal money from the Charlotte Motor Speedway in North Carolina. Jimmy also recruits demolition expert Joe Bang to help them break into the track's underground system. Complications arise when a mix-up forces the crew to pull off the heist during a popular NASCAR race, the Daytona, I think they call it the 600. No, it's the Coca-Cola 600. The Coca-Cola 600. Because that Daytona is at Daytona. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) For some reason, I thought I saw the words Daytona 600. That's okay. Uh, Pull off the heist during a popular NASCAR race while also trying to dodge a relentless FBI agent. Eh, I mean, that last part kind of- Relentless. I mean, that's kind of just the last 10 minutes of the movie kind of tying it up, but yeah. 
Relentless. 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 I mean, she is relentless, but she doesn't need to be added to the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Logan Lucky has a runtime of 118 minutes. It's rated PG-13. Production budget of $29 million. It came out on Friday, August 18th, 2017, like Butler said. Opening weekend, it did $7.6 million, domestic 27.7, and worldwide 48.4. I want to say this is a hit, and I'll get to that later on in my notes. Um but I don't know. So anyways, production company was fingerprint releasing and distributed by fingerprint releasing along with Bleecker Street. It came out on the 18th and went up against a hitman's bodyguard. Not a fan. Uh, not a fan at all. I didn't even see the second one. Uh, the second one looked like absolute garbage and was reviewed to be just absolute garbage. Yeah. The first one was, I didn't hate it. It was, it was just kind of, no it was a movie. No, thanks. That was my, that was my, when I watched it, I was like, this stinks. But you know what doesn't stink? Wind River. Cause that came out the same day. And oh, that Wind movie River's is amazing. Awesome. You also had a limited release patty cakes, which I saw and I liked. Uh, the 25th <laughs> of August, the week after you had Leap with an exclamation point. That is an animated film. I believe it takes, I think it's a French film or I know it takes place in France. You had Birth of the Dragon, All Saints, Good Time, and Ingrid Goes West. Well, some of those are some indies. On the on August 11th, the week before, you had The Nut Job 2, Nutty by Nature, <laughs> Annabelle Creation, and The Glass Castle. So uh, it's kind of a kind of like a tail end of the summer kind of thing. I mean, Nutty, Nut, Nut Job 2 is, a, is a animated, so that's why that's coming out in, all, in August, end of summer kind of thing. Yeah, it was there for a week, I think. Directed by, lensed by, edited by, Steve, and <laughs> probably produced by Steven Soderbergh. Um, so he directed this movie. He's nominated for an Oscar for Six Sex, Lies, and Videotape. He's done Out of Sight, and he won an Oscar for Traffic. Written by Rebecca Blunt, who is actually Jules Asner. And if you know if that name sounds familiar, she was an entertainment reporter. And she's also the wife of Mr. Soderbergh. So there's a connection there. This is really just the only thing she's done. Um, is there any reason she used a different name? I think the the note that I had was she used a different name so that people wouldn't do what dude what I just did and be like oh the wife of Steven Soderbergh wrote this gotcha so I think that's part of the reason why she did that now the cinematography will be listed as Peter Andrews but that is Soderbergh's num de plume or whatever it is because he can't get credited for it because he's not in that union or something like that so it's Peter Andrews but that's Soderbergh you also have the composer by David Holmes. And he's done music for the Killing Eve TV show, Out of Sight, and Analyze That. Edited by Marianne Bernard, but also Steven, that's Steven Soderbergh as well. <laughs> I'll get to his credits. I just want to do everyone else I'm first. I'm surprised you can do that. I, he always does his own stuff. Especially like if you're not in the union being able to do that and just change your name, it's... Well, it just, I mean, you're, just not take, you're not really giving yourself credit. It's like the worst kept secret. <laughs> Produced by Reed Carolyn. I might have said that wrong. I apologize. He did White House Down, 22 Jump Street. Gregory Jacobs did the TV <laughs> show Red Oaks, which I actually pretty li I like. It's on Amazon. That, that's about a golf club that kids work at in, in the 80s. I actually like that movie. Or excuse me, that series. Mark Johnson, uh, who was nominated for an Oscar for uh, Bugsy, and also won an Oscar for uh, Best Picture for Rain Man. And then Channing Tatum produced this. And I try to find stuff that he has produced that he's not in. The two I got was the TV show Step Up High Water. If you know Channing Tatum, you know he's in Step Up, the first one. Mm -hmm. And he produced the movie Fatherhood, the one that came out this year. And Soderbergh, I gave you a few directed credits. He's also done The Good German, Magic Mike, Unsane, High Flying Bird, all the Oceans movies, the TV show Mosaic, and the TV show The Nick. All really good. Oh, excuse me. Also Haywire and Side Effects. <laughs> He's done a lot. Um, I'm kind of a Soderbergh fan, so um, I, I kind of tend to like his stuff. Uh, this movie stars a bunch of people, uh, so bear with me. You Channing Tatum as Jimmy Logan, Obviously from Step Up, The Hateful Eight, and Free Guy. Uh, he was uncredited in Free Guy, if you hadn't seen it yet. Adam Driver as Clyde Logan, his brother. Uh, he was nominated for an Oscar for Marriage Story and Black Klansman. He's also in the upcoming House of Gucci. Daniel Craig as Joe Bang. 
He's in, he's James Bond, obviously, and he's also in Knives Out. The well, I guess the multiple Knives Outs and Layer Cake and episode. Layer Cake. I, I know. I know. I know but I'm just coming. Everyone knows him from James Bond. Plug our show. <laughs> <laughs> Riley Keough is Melly Logan. She's in Mad Max Fury Road and the recent movie Zola, which I did not see, but I know that the theater had it right for a day. <laughs> <laughs> then you had there. Uh, Jimmy's daughter, Sadie Logan, was played by Farrah McKenzie. She's basically, her credit right now is the United States of Al as a TV show. Katie Holmes, which I, who I forgot was in this movie, played Bobby Joe Chapman. She is uh, Channing Tatum's ex-wife and obviously the mother of their daughter. She's in the TV show Dawson's Creek. I, I would assume people know that. Did you know that she was also in Batman Begins? <laughs> David Denham as her husband, Moody Chapman. Uh, he, is no, he is Roy from The Office, everyone. He's also in Mayor of Easttown. If you haven't seen that, that's fantastic. You had Jack Quaid in there as Fishbang. He's the cousin of Daniel Craig's Joe Bang. He's in the TV show The Boys. He's in the upcoming Scream movie that's coming out. And he's a voice on Star Trek Lower Decks Butler. Well, yeah, he's the main character. Oh, is he? There yeah. you go. He's also Dennis Quaid's kid. <laughs> and, Meg, and Meg Ryan, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just looks like a really thin Dennis Quaid. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Brian Gleason as Sam Bang, the other cousin. He's in Phantom Thread in the 2019 Hellboy. And then I've got a bunch of other people that are in here. They're really smaller roles. Uh, they kind of pop in and out, and we'll get to that. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane, Max Chilblain, uh, he obviously from TV show Family Guy, and amongst other things. Sebastian Stan. So this is obviously an MCU film. Is Dayton White? <laughs> obviously, he's Bucky Burns for all yeah, of those. This is one of the time he got woken up from the Russians to just go do some that <laughs> yeah. Hillary Swank as Special Agent Sarah Grayson. Uh, it's like if Hillary Swank is nominated for an Oscar, she wins because she's she's two for two. Million Dollar <laughs> Baby and Boys Don't Cry. I'm making Blair as Special Agent Brad Noonan from Blue Ruin. I know a lot of people like that movie and The Full Order Project. Dwight Yoakam is the warden in this. Warden Burns. Um, he's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, more notably, he's in Sling Blade. And then I have Catherine Waterston here because I love Law and Order and her father, Sam Waterston. So that's why I have her in here. But she's also a really good actress. She plays Sylvia Harrison. Uh, she is in also Alien Covenant. And Fantastic Beasts, which is probably where most people are. Oh, that's true. I didn't. I just I tried to do something that was. I forgot she was in Covenant. That's right. Yeah, she played the wife, right? She's the lead, the, the lead scientist. Yes, in it, yeah, in yeah. The new one, yeah. You also had a couple of NASCAR cameos in here. I don't know NASCAR too much. These names sound familiar to me. So that's why I've got <laughs> Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logan, Joey Logano, excuse me, Carl Edwards, Kyle Bush, Daryl Waltrip, and Jeff Gordon all appear in this movie in various scenes. I believe Waltrip and Gordon are actually a part of the film, the crew that's doing the game, doing, excuse me, doing the race. Yeah, they're, they're the uh, spectators. But yeah. the other guys are like actual characters. I think one, two of the guys are the uh, state troopers that are pulling over the old lady. Yeah. So, which, which that's actually a pretty funny scene. Um, I need you to calm her down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is uh, my last note, and then we'll get into the movie. This is the first movie directed by Steven Soderbergh since announcing he was retired. And my note here is he retired? Question mark. Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm All retired. Right. Wait, I'm only 40 something. All right. I'll get yeah. One more Why don't you just say you want to take a break? Why does it have to be a retirement? Okay, so we had seen this movie together. We had already seen this film. Yep. I always tell people this is like the poor, poor, poor man's uh, Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Seven Eleven. Yeah, call it Ocean's Seven <laughs> Eleven in the movie, because uh, it does set up like that. It does have that that feel. Definitely has that. feel. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things I appreciated about it. I appreciated that it wasn't slick. It wasn't like you know we got this worked out. Like it wasn't like they had all the angles and like they didn't have the cool hip dialogue. Oh yeah. Sinatra's hand. They, like that they have a stuff. plan, and it's a complicated plan, right? But there's still a bunch of idiots doing this plan. Right, right. It's just a good plan. <laughs> you sucked up my arm. Yeah, so... So, yeah, so I, that's one of the first things I appreciate about it, but... And I don't want to get into why we think it's forgotten. We will later. <laughs> um, 
I guess upon rewatch, is there something that you appreciated a little bit more this time around? I appreciated the appreciation for <laughs> I appreciated appreciate uh, kind of to the NASCAR culture and you know just kind of not in a derogatory way that kind of redneck Southern kind of culture kind of thing. It's not. It isn't redneck it's taken, a derogatory term. They use it in the thing. <laughs> they use it in the film, but it's not. They don't. While it does kind of take the piss out of like that Southern kind of good old boy kind of culture kind of thing, it doesn't. It, it's doing it in like a like a nice kind of way. It's it's. Doing it is it's like a love letter to the South kind of because I know Channing Tatum's from the South and stuff like that. So it's never kind of Where's being from, insulting you know? from. I believe he's from uh, Louisiana. OK, so he has that accent to begin with. I think he does. Yeah, okay. he's just kind of worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. Um, so I, I really do appreciate that on second watch. On the first watch, I was just like, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the silliness of it. And this one, I was like, they really do toe the line between like it's a love letter to like Southern culture and NASCAR. And that, but while still taking the piss out of it. Right. Uh, I, th- I guess. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to what you're saying. Um, I don't, I didn't get the sense that they were, I just thought that I just felt that it was just the, um, location that that was the location. I didn't, I didn't get like that was, there was any kind of like, I want to highlight, uh, oh, the fair with the pig's feet and uh, the toilet oof. horseshoe throwing, man, I, man, they do bobbing for pig's feet. That's right. Pickled, that's probably pickled pig's feet. Uh, Gosh, that's uh, I'm a vegetarian, everyone. So that's probably not something. Isn't that like one that. of the things they eat in Ladies Man when they're doing the gross eating contest? I don't remember. The only thing I remember in Ladies Man is my favorite scene is when Will Ferrell's grease, greasing himself up to fight the Ladies <laughs> Man. He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna wrestle," and he just always laugh. I can find pretty much anything funny in a movie. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I like the locale. I like something different than you know. Uh, I think I've said this on the podcast a couple times. Well, you know, when when the when the movie we're doing takes place in a location that I have seen multiple movies in like Los Angeles or, um, well, mainly LA, uh, cause I don't mind New York. I like old New York. Cause I like seeing the old New York style. Um, right. like how New York looked back then. And I, and I do like when, the, cause a lot of times when they're shooting, when they have a movie that's set in New York, they usually it's sets and it's not New York or it's like Toronto right. or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. So I, I appreciate it when it's actually in New York city. So I do like that, but this is, this is a, a place where I'm not familiar with. And it's not a ranch. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not, a, obviously I said, like I said before, I'm not a, I'm not a big NASCAR fan. I'm not really into it. My son was <laughs> likes it. So sometimes we'll have it on right. and I'll watch it. I just, but I don't know. He might've grown out of that phase. I'm not sure. Yeah, but my um, father's a huge net, uh, NASCAR. I guy. just never really got into it. I guess if my parents were into it, I, I would be into it. I just never got into it. I appreciate the, not the, not the lap races, but kind of the road races where it's actually more like twists and turns. Gotcha. But yeah, I was never a big fan of the lap races. They're just too long. I think one of the things with this film is that it's got good actors. And I know that I, I know that some people kind of give Channing Tatum a knock just because how he started in fighting and step up and stuff like that. But right. he's actually a really good actor. If you've seen oh, absolutely. him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he does take roles where like he took the hateful eight role. Like you didn't really know he wasn't a, that wasn't a big role. Right. But like it was, he was good in that. And we was doing a Tarantino film and I, I do. And he's done a couple of films with Soderbergh. So obviously Soderbergh is a fan. I, right. I do like Tim, but Adam Driver is really good. Daniel Craig's really good. Everybody is really solid in this movie. Um, I mean, when you, I mean, when you have Hillary Swank in a part that's like maybe fifteen minutes of screen time, right. if that, probably five minutes of screen time yeah. total. I mean, that's that's pretty solid. Yeah, and, and, you know. So I, I I do appreciate the actors, and one of the things with the actors, one of my notes is, and, it's, and I have this is what I have in my note, and I go, it's stupid to say, 
But I actually like that Tatum and Driver have weight on them, that they've actually put weight on for the role. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like no one is good looking in this movie. Like Tatum, his hair is terrible in this movie. It's and, like he got it cut by his daughter. Right. But <laughs> it's like I like that because it's too many times when you when you watch films and everyone looks great. Like they're not like real people. Right. And it's just like, come on. Like, but it makes sense for their their sister Melly to look to be all like fan dressed up because she's a hairdresser and that's how she's going to yep. dress. You know, I just think that it fits. You could probably make an argument that Joe Bang, I mean, he, he's really fit for Joe Bang, but Daniel Craig has to keep that body. For yeah. You sponsor. can't, you yeah. can't. Yeah. One, one of the notes here about Daniel Craig was, <laughs> this is the note in the notes section of the details. When I'm looking at IMDb pro, it's like Craig had to bleach his hair for this role. It's like, no <laughs> shit. It's like, Really? No, I didn't. I didn't catch that. His hair's not naturally platinum. Give me a break. Well, who? I mean, that, how'd that note survive? <laughs> so yeah. So no, I do appreciate that the act. They actually dirty up the actors, especially Tatum and Driver. Like they, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was. It's stupid to say, but be, but because a lot of actors don't have that confidence to do that, they don't have the confidence to put on weight. Oh, absolutely. And to make like themselves look thing, ugly yeah. on screen. Um, Cause you hear countless stories and they're like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's really, I appreciate it as an audience member because I'm like that further cements them within that, uh, that world, that, that yes, character. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He looks like an actual guy. He doesn't look like Channing Tatum. Right. Which is why, like, why can't you give him a chance when he's doing something like that? Like watch that. And he's a, he's an actor. I don't know how, who knows? <laughs> I, know. I also like his limp. I thought he did the limp really well. Well, yeah. I don't think he overdid it. He just, it was there. I think you're going to naturally limp if you have a, uh, brace on your, on your knee. I think that probably helped him. Cause you kind of get cognizant it. of it. Yeah. So you, he was probably, he was wearing that brace all the time. So you're going to be cognizant of that when you're, when you're walking. When you're walking yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I thought that in the beginning, him getting fired was pretty like bad, like pretty harsh. Yeah, we're gonna have to let you go. Someone saw you limping. I'm just gonna let you know right now. Well, that happened in uh, another movie we did, the um, Dennis Hopper film, uh, Red Rock West. Yes, in that one, he gets fired also, also for like liability reasons. Right. Didn't tell me he had a limp or whatever. One of the things I wanted to talk about, I brought it up re- uh, earlier about the money, the box office stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is this is gonna be a long note, everyone. So this film was distributed by cutting out the studios. So Soderbergh wanted to have creative control and he wanted to make money directly from the film. So he raised the budget for this movie by selling off the foreign distribution rights. And then he sold everything except the movie showing up in movie theaters in order to pay for advertising and print. So um, he sold post theatrical rights to like HBO, Netflix. I'm pretty sure Amazon video on demand, like he sold that to the airplanes. And so he was able to sidestep having a Hollywood studio come in and fund it because he was basically essentially funding the movie on the basis of who was going to get the movie. Okay. So he had creative control over when the trailers would release. He, he did all of that. And according to him, this setup made it made lowered the bar for his box office opening for, for this to be a success. So there was no hefty distributor fee. Everything was prepaid. And if he just got $15 million opening, which obviously he didn't got 7.6, if he got, he would, it would have been a win. So that's why when it's mid, when it made 27 million and it made 48 million worldwide, see that's, that money is going all to, I would assume is going all to him. Well, you said he sold the foreign rights though. He sold, but he, yeah, to make, to put it in the budget, but that meant that any profit he was getting, like any profit he was going to get his own at the box office, he was getting his own piece. So this made 48 million at the box office. At the box office worldwide. Yeah. You still get, when you sell the rights to your movie to somebody else to show, you still get pieces of that. He got pieces of it. Yeah. He just didn't get all of it, but he got all the domestic. 
Yeah, yeah. So well, he got his money back for making the movie, and then right. Yeah, he got a little bit of. But the problem back. is, like, he also spent twenty million dollars promoting the movie. So fingerprint, which is fingerprint releasing, is his product. He formed that production company to put this out. This okay. distributor. I was gonna say I didn't recognize it. Yeah, they spent twenty million on film prints and advertising. So essentially, the budget is actually forty nine million. I would assume that's not a cut. Yeah. So it is. It's kind of a wash where you go there, but I don't know. I kind of appreciate that because you know. I like the fact that oh, it's a cool model. Yeah, yeah. When you can, when you control distribution, I don't know if he did that model now, if he, I mean, with, with streaming being so, I know this is only four years ago, but everything's changed immensely since 2017 in terms of streaming. And I think a lot demand. of stuff in streaming is kind of self-funded and then you hope right. Netflix will buy it. Right. It's a lot of just kind of cross your fingers and hope. Right. Right. So I just wanted to throw that out there in terms of behind the scenes stuff. Did you like the end? The end where they're in the bar? Where they're in the bar and you just all of a sudden see uh, Hillary Swank sitting there. Like she's talking. Right. She, you know she's talking to Adam Driver's character. You know that she's there watching them celebrate their win. Did you like that? Well, I I, I read something that that's supposed to be the Logan curse coming back because in this movie it's obviously called Logan Lucky. But they're also right. talking about how there's a Logan curse. Like so Jimmy Logan hurt his knee because he was, he was the all-star quarterback. He was going to go to college and he hurt his knee and he couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clyde Logan, which is Adam Driver, lost his arm on the way back, back to the to plane, the airport, the airport to go home. He, they had an IED. He didn't lose up. his arm. He lost his hand. Excuse me. He lost his hand. <laughs> so I think that they're saying, you know, that that's the Logan curse coming about. But like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's not much special agent grazing can do there because the Speedway already collected the insurance and they probably already made more money that was lost in the robbery because they have that scene where, and when she's like, how do you figure out how much you lost? Exactly. It's, like, it's the yeah. algorithm. So they obviously took a- oh, they, I don't deal they, with the accounting. Right. Part. They obviously made a profit off this, off that. And unless you work for the insurance company, uh, they're not investigating. Like the FBI doesn't have an open investigation for that. Right. And he asked for the case to be closed. Right. So there's not much she can do. No. So I don't, I mean- I, I, I guess she's there to just kind of, I don't know, know that she's have, right. be a funny ending or just catch him in the act or have try to get the confession. Out unless of him. She, that's the thing, unless they confess, but like they would have, she'd have to read him their Miranda rights. If they said whatever they said, it's can be just tossed out. There's nothing she can do. I really think there's nothing she can do. I don't know. I, I just don't know if I like that gotcha moment at the end. I, I feel like it's a gotcha moment and I really don't think the film needed it. Maybe it's setting up a possibility if there was a second film, mm, why they would try to steal more money. I don't know. But I mean. Logan Luckier. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Logan Lucky too. Lucky by the minute. There you go. Done. Would you want a sequel? Because clearly it doesn't need a sequel. I don't know. I don't know what, like the, the actual job in and of itself felt like it was just a, they had a moment to. Like it was capitalized like, on right. right. It was like, you know, they were digging. He found out he put that in his, it wasn't like he's a professional thief. Right. So it's not like oceans 11 where it's like, Danny, that's what he does. He always steals. He didn't learn the trade of, of thievery. You know, this is just Channing Tatum had a plan. He wanted to do it. He enacted. It's almost like it feels like a one-off. So I don't know what the sequel would be. And I don't even know if I, what, what's, what else is there to tell about the characters? There'd really be nothing. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I would, I, I mean, I'll watch it. But like, I just don't think that it not necessary. Oh, I agree. Yeah. 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 That's what that's the whole gotcha thing. I was like, is they're trying to see, set up a sequel or is it just kind of like an I gotcha moment, which I don't think it needed. Right. I just don't know if it needed that. Like, I like them all being at the bar. It's a, it's akin to the moment at the end of Ocean's Eleven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're at the Bellagio and the mm-hmm. fountains are going off. But I just don't know if they needed that uh, just final last 30 seconds. 
What? Yeah. Well, my question to you is at the, towards the end of the heist, Dayton White, which is Sebastian Stan and uh, Seth MacFarlane character, Max Chablain, are arguing in the tunnel because I guess uh, Dayton crashed his car. Didn't something Because like, he made him drink the energy drink. Right, 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 right. right. So they're fighting and then they run into Clyde and uh, Joe Bang. Joe Bang. And that's because Clyde, they know who Clyde is because Clyde, they had a fight at the bar previous. <laughs> so Max Clyde Molotov cocktails. Right. So Clyde punches them. And then later on, Max is saying like, I know who did it. I did. It's the Logan brothers. It's these guys. They own this bar. It's that bartender. And, right. And they said, well, we talked to your driver and he says, you're, you, he doesn't know what you're talking about. So my question is, why is he lying? And I, and I'm, I'm wondering if we missed a scene. Like I, I, I almost want to say like, I want to see the scene where he decides to just screw Max over and like, uh, I don't know what he's talking about. Cause he doesn't like him. Like I, I just it was it was it felt a little open ended. I would have liked if you just saw Clyde punch him in the face, and yeah. then maybe Sebastian Stan's character just smiles. Yes, like oh yeah, all right. But like I I but wanted yeah, you that. Want, you need that. I needed maybe whether I need that or the scene where Grayson kind of know Clyde's hitting him. You, I mean, you know how that's ending, and then he's getting in the car. But that's like almost like a staple of like a lot of the Soderbergh like ocean films. Like they they something happens off frame off screen. And you didn't go back to it until maybe 20 minutes later. They never went back to it. You know right. What I mean? Yeah. Right. So I just, I, I, I just kind of like this didn't have a lot of those flashback cliches, although mm-hmm. then they explain the heist at the very end, but well, you have to explain the heist. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the explosive formula that Joe Bang uses wouldn't really work. <laughs> so he would, he, he's trying to mix, he's trying to generate potassium chlorate. But it needs to like there needs to be like something needs to have oxidation reduction at the same time. It's a little bit harder than what he did in just terms of like yeah, mixing it up. So that really wouldn't work. I do love that scene though. When he's writing it out. When he's when he's talking trying to explain to it, we need more potential energy than what we got. And then he's trying to explain it and then just cuts to him on the, the wall with the chalk. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I love those those are the kind of moments where it's like these guys are from the south. They seem like they're kind of redneck, you know, bumbling fools, but they're not. Like Joe Bang's really smart at yeah. this one thing he does. But even uh, Jack Quaid's character, he he knows computers. He knows all the Twitters. I twitters. know all the Twitters. <laughs> all the Twitters. I know them. <laughs> but I do love when they're they're still just doing the, trying to make the other bomb. And it's like, all right, pour three into two, two into three. Yeah. Step five, run. Run. <laughs> and they all, he just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> pour three into four and run. So there are... Two callbacks, not callbacks. There's, there's, well, I guess they're callbacks to other movies in this thing. So the list that's on Logan's fridge, on Jimmy Logan's fridge, where it says "How to Rob a Bank" and uh, and and get away with it, that's actually from a 2007 film called "How to Rob a Bank" and Ten Tips to Actually Get Away with It, written directed by Andrew Jenkins. So that's that's the same list that they use in that movie. Okay. And the cockroaches. So using the, they in the movie, they take different cockroaches and they paint them different colors and they put them in different tubes because they want to find out which tube goes to the vault. Right. Uh, and they and that's actually from a 1974 movie called Eleven Harrow House. So they do that in that movie too, and they vacuum the money out as well. So that hmm. they're, they're taking from other, which is fine. Just, oh yeah, yeah. So Especially I, if no one knows the movies you're stealing from. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I kind of feel like they don't really go at Soderbergh for taking from other movies like Tarantino does. Cause you know what I mean? Well, like, they oh, always that, give Tarantino kind of crap. They give him it. a hard time, but then he's like, yeah, I know. I, I, I know. I think he actually makes him better, but yeah. I know. <laughs> so there's really not much you didn't like in this movie. Oh, there's not much. I didn't like, I said the ending. I'm not a huge fan of. And I, I find the daughter stuff kind of gross. 
Just the just pa- beauty pageants in general. But I love like that it. scene when she but sings. But it's a great scene when she, she sings, sings takes home, yeah. Take me home, country road. I love that scene. No, it is a really good scene. It's touching. It's 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 nice. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a nice scene. It's just gross the way they have pageants and stuff like it's that. Still doing, man. I know it's gross. <laughs> it's a way of life. Get get with it. That's uh, <laughs> gross. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not a whole lot I didn't like. It's it's it moves. It, it's interesting. It's got some funny it's, lines. It's got some really funny lines. Cauliflower. Did you just say cauliflower to me? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. We got to talk about this. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they're going <laughs> to confer. Talking about it. Yeah. We need a moral reason for why to do this. So you like this movie. I do. So you disagree with Rex Reed, who says it doesn't work. Logan Lucky is as charming and welcome as tof, toenail fungus. It's it, yeah. this movie oh, yeah. it coasts on charm. If you haven't retired yet, retire now, Rex Reed. Yeah, it, the whole movie is charm. Yeah, this movie I, I, is yeah. charming. I mean, like uh, critics, man. I know we need them, but who needs them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess that I, I can take that kind of criti- critique where he just doesn't like the movie. Fine. I would rather take that kind of critique where he's honest, or just a, or rather than the critique where they're clearly trying to get on the poster with their blurbs. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had to read Twitter critiques glowing reviews for a movie that i watched that is awful and i was like come on people you're just you're just sh- come on you're oh i think yourself. i know what yeah. you're talking about this movie's <laughs> terrible and the people were just like oh it's so good it's so fun it's just so one was like the movie doesn't have to be good if you're just having some fun it's like it's a terrible film it doesn't have to be good. yeah it's a terrible film if you're having fun it's yeah. it is good yeah so watch it again not having fun tell me tell me you like it again <laughs> yeah but anyways i i'll di- i digress I'll i mean digress. they go call Call the bear in the woods and tell him he's got my back. Yeah, and it's a guy in a bear costume. Yeah. How do you not like that? That's like out of oh, nowhere. You're not laughing. That's like out of nowhere. <laughs> and he's just like, all right, see ya. <laughs> the Game of Thrones conversation in the prison riot. <laughs> Wins a winner isn't finished yet. <laughs> but I'm on his Wikipedia's right now, and it says he had a press tour and it kind of held him up. <laughs> <laughs> How can that be? When I saw Khaleesi and her dragons, <laughs> the, the show has surpassed the book. <laughs> So at at the, during the riot, they because they have to escape. Joe Bang and Clyde have to get out of prison because Clyde breaks in so that he can help Joe Bang get out. They got to get out of the prison, do the heist, get back into prison without anyone knowing. So they have right. this. They have these guys do a um like kind of like a phony revolt, a phony riot, yeah, yeah. A phony riot that they're fighting. But they only pay one of the guys at the end. They only give the money to the 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 big guy at the end. Right. They don't give the other guy. The other guy's in on it and they never and that other guy never gets any money. So I'm wondering. Well, not about that, that you see, unless he well, does get that's money. That's what I'm saying. We didn't see it. Unless they all get a small payout from what he gets. I mean, how much do you think they took? They never really said. They never really tell you how much they take from the place. No. They never it's, said. Yeah, they didn't get greedy. They didn't get everything, but well, they, didn't they got get most of it. They got a lot of it. They got yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's quite a few trash bags of money though. Yeah, and and you don't really see them burying the money. Like you get some in the landfill, you see that, but you don't see him burying at Joe Bang's house, which you would think he would know that because Joe Bang, obvi- oh no, Joe Bang doesn't get out of prison for six months, so that's probably why five months. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he had months to yeah. put and, it down, and you can't there. say just Joe. You have to say Joe Bang. Joe Bang. <laughs> Did you see the credit where it was like and introducing Daniel Craig? Did you oh, see I that? didn't yeah, see that. That's his credit. It's like and introducing Daniel because I'm like that's funny, but I'm like. That kind of makes sense because this is a role that you wouldn't normally think Daniel Craig would do. Do you know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's it's not really kind of like a yeah. southern dude. It's funny. Yeah, 
I mean, it leads at the into time. It, yeah. I mean, then you look at Knives Out, and it's kind of like, all right. Yeah, but Knives Out, he's more. He's still, even though he's southern, he's southern in that. He's southern. He's more like a James Bond kind. Yeah, he's he's cultured. southern James. Bond, yeah, he's cultured more cultured. He's guy, not yeah. like he's not like taking the piss like you said. Take your phrase from before uh, in this movie, like he is. Right. No, for sure. That's a fun. I can see why you do it though. Right, right. Everybody knows you as James Bond. They just know you as this cool, suave guy. And you're just like, eh, I want to have some fun. Right, right. These episodes are tough that way we really like the film because we really, I mean, I, I'd like to think that I've given some notes, but I guess, on, uh, not that I want to wrap it up, but why do you think we're saying it's forgotten? Like, because it didn't make enough money? Uh, I don't think it made enough money. I think that not being a studio film kind of hurt it. Mm-hmm. I think the studios might have put more behind it. I don't know. I don't, they, they might not have known how to. It was also released at the it. end of August. It was released. So uh, this isn't a summer film. I it could it be, but not the end of August. Maybe not August eighteenth. Not mm. like, hey, here's with Nutjob two and these other Annabelle creation and all these other movies yeah. that aren't going to make a lot of money. It kind of shows a lack of confidence in your film in your picture. Well, maybe it's more of a July June film. I think June start would be the good. season. Yeah, an early June. Hey, it's summertime. Memorial Day already passed. It's not the big, big movie, but hey, we're getting into it. Yeah. I'm trying to see when the Coca-Cola 600 usually runs, like what part of the year it runs at. Uh, A week before they originalized. What? (laughs) A week before they originalized. Yeah, I know. So let's see. So it usually runs, it usually runs the end of May, probably the end of May, beginning of June. So, yeah, so you kind of, I would think that you'd want to have it out. Kind of line it up. Yeah, like along with the release of the film, you know? I think that would work because then you could also broadcast it on NASCAR. Yeah. You could do some little clips. You could do like, sometimes they do it like football games and have like the actors almost like they're doing stuff while that game's going on. Right, Now we're cutting Channing Tatum here and oh, look at Logan Lucky coming soon. That Maybe there would have been more. uh, Cross promotion. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would have. You know, then the the flag to start. The, the, I don't want to not the checker flag. Maybe do they or the green flag? Do the checker flag. It's like maybe start the race, or maybe he would do gentlemen start engines like they do. It. Oh, absolutely. Oh, do, do the call. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe they would have done a little bit more promotion that way. I think because it, it 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 was came out like that, that week, and then it came out the movie that everyone was was the Hitman's Bodyguard. That was the movie that everyone was seeing. Looks well, as Sam Jackson, right? I, don't, and, yeah. I mean, Wind River is good, but Wind River. I know Wind River's not bringing people in because it's it's just not a, a broad film, it's, right? You know. Um, you know, but yeah, so this is probably a, maybe that could be why that maybe people, I could see like people just not knowing about it. People not. I think the lack of NASCAR promotion hurts it. Cause that's a huge audience you can draw. Mm-hmm. It might not be big up here in the Northeast, but it's huge down South. I wonder what the, um, what the take was down South in terms of oh, box compared office to compared yeah. to up North and maybe, maybe up North people just are kind of like, Oh, I don't get it. Like that kind of thing. But we have, NASCAR up here there's a track in New Hampshire. I mean, you got fans. Of, I'm not saying it's not popular here at all. But. Uh, but but honestly, you don't have to be a fan of NASCAR to enjoy this film. You need to be. I think if you like the Oceans films, and when I say Oceans 7-Eleven or Poor Man's Oceans, I'm that's not a negative. That's great. I like that. I, yeah, I like that part. I like. Oh, I like a lot of this movie. I like. We go go over it again. The the, the acting. The 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 dialogue. Just the. I think it's got a lot of strong actors in here and it's got a lot of heart, the stuff with his daughter. And he's not like, even though he is one of the things I also appreciate, even though he is at odds with his ex-wife, mm-hmm. 
she doesn't she's not like it's it's not like a trope ex-wife where she's just well they're not like they don't like yeah openly hate each right. other and all that kind it, of thing. he yeah. gets along with the husband the new husband they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of friendly and, and stuff like that so it's all they're all pretty much family it just but i you know it's i know stick i love stick yeah <laughs> no. when she takes his car what the heck happened to my car <laughs> i just think it's got a lot of heart and i think it's got a nice little caper in there absolutely uh, yeah. soderbergh knows how to do a heist film let's put it that way he knows how to do a heist film he's done this is his fourth one now probably <laughs> so i i think that that's no one can really knock that movie for, if somebody knocks the movie because of that i don't like the stupid heist. Well, come on really i mean i can't <laughs> see that but uh yeah i, I would think that people would i i, I kind of want people to go back to it and get it where are we watch it on hbo max no i watched it right on hulu was it, it was on hulu that's yeah. right so it's available on hulu which means it's owned by well i said finger so they have it so for however long they have it. Who right. Knows? Well, however long fingerprint contact contract fingerprint releasing. Well, I always tell people, you know, when we're talking about movies and heist movies and stuff, I always go like Logan Lucky's really good. You should watch it. Logan Lucky is a good suggestion because I it's you're pretty much guaranteed that they've never seen it. Like that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's a movie where like you probably didn't see this film. But it's modern enough where people would probably your recommendation, people would probably watch it. Right, right. Well, of course I had a conversation with somebody the other day and he was telling me that he watched Halloween, the original from seventy eight, and they were, he was laughing at it. I was just like, all right. <laughs> that's the thing some people don't can't appreciate the older films right yeah yeah but this isn't older it's just a forgotten newer film that you know you missed you should take a look at it. absolutely where can they find us you can find us at forgottencinemapodcast.com or forgottenentertainment.com as we are part of the forgotten entertainment family hey while you're there check out all the other great shows that we got uh they're all really good made by other creators uh and then uh <laughs> you can check us out on the socials at uh forgotten cinema or forgotten cinema pot depending on where you are we're on twitter instagram and facebook on facebook we have the lobby uh where we talk about movies so uh, let us know if you've seen logan lucky what you think about it and uh if you checked it out based on our recommendation what you thought about it as well uh i'm interested in if you know other film people because we get a lot of film buffs if they have also seen this and like the film as much as we do and we'll see and uh next week we're going back to the future to 1985 but we're not going to see back to the future we're seeing the harrison ford hiding out with the amish witness and yeah i'll wrap up our season 11 are we season 11 yeah. 10 yeah we'll so wrap up see if it's season 11 <laughs> with little harrison ford is this our first harrison ford film no this is our second harrison what's ford the first film? one i know i already I forgot i don't know I know we did one. Did we? Almost positive we did one. I don't think we have. What forgotten mm. film would he be in? Well, Mosquito Coast, but we didn't do Mosquito Coast. Right. We did Witness. I'm pretty sure this is the first one. Oh, this is our second one. Oh, man. I mean, if he's in something that like is like, oh, The Conversation. Yes. That's not really a Harrison Ford film. He's just in it. This is well, one of his first films. So, yeah. Uh, but this- we did one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's next week. Witness. Uh, we'll see you then. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.